Okay, so boom. You finally realize the power of emails and owning your own data. So you create a newsletter and get a landing page fired up. You send out your first email and bloop, it's in the promotions folder. Unless you're an e-commerce company, I'm sorry to tell you, but the promotion folder is not going to help you. This is why you should get ConvertKit. ConvertKit specializes in keeping your email in the primary folder so you can increase your open rates and communicate with your audience. They also have beautifully designed landing pages and squeeze pages for you to capture more emails. I personally love the fact that they have good support. Support for me is everything. If I have a problem, I need to know I can get someone on the line or have a video that answers all of my questions. Hustlers don't give up. They say, yo, let me figure this out. I figured out with ConvertKit. And let's start the show. Owen, you ready? I'm ready. Bright and early in the morning, man. Hello and welcome to the Hustle Over Everything podcast. This is the podcast where we receive stories, tips, and strategies from entrepreneurs who've done it to help you grow your business and take yourself to the next level as a person. Today is a wild card episode. I'm excited, man. And if you haven't already, make sure you're following us on Instagram at 247Hustler um, mm-hmm. and at Twitter uh 24 7 hustlers oh man how you feeling man happy birthday man it was a special special weekend you know turning 27 uh man i'm grateful to see another day another another year of life man um when i used to think about being 27 i'm like raw like you know you're closer to 30 so i'm like legit making steps towards 30 and i'm not one of those people who's scared of age as in like oh my god i'm getting all that and i'm very happy you know because i know with age comes with wisdom and um you know the more wiser you get the more you know successful you become so i'm more excited for these years of my life but most importantly 27 is like the prime time year you know this is like where you're a young buck you're doing your thing you're you're just out here owning it, man. So uh, I'm excited about that. But overall, the day I celebrated it on Saturday, but my actual birthday was uh, January 10th, Sunday. And uh, I had like my family over. It was a very intimate gathering over at the crib. You know, we had food. My uh, my mom actually brought food with Carlton, my cousin. He drove down from London and he had like oh, wow. meatballs, meat, uh, ground beef, shrimp, all these little samosas, all these little knickknacks. And, you know me, I, I love bartending now, bro. So I'm, I'm chefing up some drinks behind the counter for my sisters and my cousins and everything. So it was a blessing, bro. I mean, I wish you could have been there, but, uh, you know, with Corona and everything, you know, you can't have uh, COVID police at the door. So you got to yeah, protect, got to protect the loved ones, man. That's a fact, man. Um, yeah, we were seeing earlier that I wanted to make sure that I was protecting y'all too, you know, with my girl being a nurse, man. You never know mm-hmm. what, what could be, you know, being passed on. So I was like, all right, man, I'm going to gracefully bow out. Yeah. You know, so it's it sucks, but, you know, it is what it is. This is the world we're living in right now, so you got to adjust correctly, you know. Mm-hmm. And right now we're seeing the, the remnants, the effect, not the remnants, the effect of gathering during Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, right now we're about to get a curfew. We're about to get... Um, you know, a, a stronger lockdown. And honestly, what we're seeing, though, is the result of Christmas, the result of Christmas shopping. 
You know, people were shot. Ontario wasn't locked down during the Christmas shopping season. So everyone was shopping and passing, from my opinion, passing Corona on through that. Because I remember going to Walmart and there, it was mayhem in the Walmart. Um, it, was, there was, it was mayhem. It was ridiculous, man. Um, there was people, it was, it was overstuffed for one. And I, I definitely feel like the security guards had lost control of the, the numbering or it's not the numbering, but the um, keeping the amount of people in the store down. It was it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous, uh, and um, also Halton Hills was packed. Um, places outside of the 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 geos were packed. Uh, we we yeah. talked about this on the last part, so I'm like, all right. So what effect did I really have? And then people went from those po- um populated locations to their family mm-hmm. homes. So now we're seeing the results about two weeks after so it's sad but it is what it is um you know people want to spend time with their families no matter what and i can't really can you really blame them for that you can't blame them man and um you know the thing i ask i ask you it's these curfews what what makes them feel like a curfew is going to change everything honestly because if they think uh covid they have an agreement with covid that's only going to come out after 8 p.m like you know, they signed a pact with Corona. It's like, hey, Corona, don't don't come out till after eight p.m. You know, and, and just ex- don't exist during the day, but come out. You know, like it it doesn't matter, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Um, and and people are not even going anywhere to begin with later that night. So what what is? I think what's happening, happening is that he needs to show face again. He needs to show that he's doing something because the cases are rising. You know, so it's a so it's a matter of what are you doing to help us again. So that's kind of the situation I think is that you know now because of the it's a it's a reactive statement you get me it, he's mm-hmm. not actually saying all right we do proactively so and you know, we what did to, you think when when these right. uh, MPs went out for vacation uh, I thought it was hilarious I, I um, did too I wasn't yeah, even mad that, I was I just chuckled at that. Yeah, who who who? Which MPs went out for, for vacation exactly? Was um, it Trudeau that went out? Not Trudeau, the uh, chief um, financial yeah. minister. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his name again? Rod something like that. Yeah. So yeah. he he's like what well, he's part of like Ford's cabinet, like right hand mm-hmm. guy. He's always there, like behind him in his uh, pressers and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Um, he and the thing is, man, it's like these guys are like resigning from their jobs just because they they went out with they went out on vacation to the Hawaii or Barbados. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because they're becoming hypocrites, right? They got to set a precedent, and um, yeah, it's unfortunate. But it is, it just shows you that like we're dying for some sort of normalcy. Mm-hmm. It was Rod Phillips. Rod Phillips is the guy. Rod Phillips, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anti shout out to Rod Phillips. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Um yeah, so did you get anything for your birthday though? Circling back. Birthday. Um yeah, like my sisters gave me cards. Uh, my cousin Carlton gave me well, they got me beverages. So I got like they they know I'm a whiskey guy, so I got like a bourbon. I got a cavi, which is like a nice uh whiskey uh coffee, coffee whiskey. It's like one of those okay. new trends that are starting out. Mm-hmm. And uh, from you, bro, you know, you got me that Bel Air, man. You know, you know, guys, Alex just calls me and says, like, hey, bro, like, what's your 
what's your, did you get your package? I'm like, what? Your package? What do you mean a package? Right. And then uh, later on in the evening, I, Alex is like, Hey, what's your buzzer code? Someone's coming to get you something. And I, and I open the door, you know, the guy comes through, he, I open the door, I look down, I see a bottle of Bel Air Rosé and, um, yeah, man, thank you for doing that, bro. I, my pleasure, man, those, my pleasure. Man, guys, yo, we, we recorded a, a previous pod last Let's night. Let's keep it real, man, yeah. Let's keep it real. Uh, I, I'm so, like, deflated. You got to keep it real with the audience of what's going on. So, last night we recorded a whole pod, uh, and we used this new platform called Riverside. And what happens with Riverside is that they don't record two sides automatically. They only record one side. So we ended up recording a whole podcast with only my side, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we, we got to experience popping the bottle and actually me seeing it, but we didn't get to record it, which is annoying as hell. Yeah. I pop this bottle and uh, on the camera, man. I'm getting gassed up, so I'm feeling like I'm. It, it's like a, you know, like you're popping a champagne, like you won a championship. It was a champagne campaign, man. And then for this, it's funny because I popped it. The whole, you know, some of the drink goes up to the ceiling. Like I can still see like little spots up in the ceiling of uh, the the rosé. And um, I wish you guys saw this video because it was pretty funny. But hey, man, you know, like this is what you get for. Switching new platforms, man. 2021. These are growing pains, Al. Growing pains. That's exactly it. When you switch to new platforms, you have to adjust to everything. You have to figure out uh, how to work things. And there's going to be bottlenecks, man. So this is part of the hustle, man. Part of the journey. You're seeing it in real time. <laughs> you're, seeing our, you're, you're hearing our frustration in real time. So, yeah. Yeah, so this man. This is coming to you in the morning. Like We woke up early just to you know, get this episode out. Uh, you know, like this is just the real, this is the realities of it. We talk about podcasting, what the realities of podcasting is. This is one of them. You're going to lose audio. Imagine recording, saying some great things on, on a recording. Like you feel so inspired at the moment and you, and you're speaking upon it, but then it, it, it vanishes. It, mm-hmm. Those are tough feelings to deal with. So yeah, it is what it is, man. It's BS. I don't know how they would opt out opt you out of video when you when you start it that makes no sense you gotta like actually manually click record on two people once you start it but like why would they i don't know but whatever um yo what do you think about 2021 for business where do you see social media marketing going in 2021 what do i see happening for yeah marketing mm-hmm. well social media marketing has been getting harder for the past year. And I believe it's about to get even harder uh, as time progresses, just because I think now it's becoming the new form of marketing as it is. You know, before, like we used to think about, hey, newspaper ads, radio, billboards, whatever. But I think people are thinking social media marketing first. And uh, I mentioned this yesterday, like where, like, you know, what do you think is going to happen? And I mentioned the whole idea of privacy. And uh, I brought up the idea that, hey, you know, the whole thing with Trump that has changed things and my philosophy when I was looking at that was like, okay, why do these companies keep moving the goalpost for what is allowed to be said on their platform and what's not like, what is their privacy policy? And you brought up the fact that, hey, this is terrorism and an expression. So my and we can talk about it again, just so we can give the audience what we 
my thoughts are. My thoughts are Trump just got banned from Instagram, Twitter, uh, pretty much all social media. And and shopping platforms, too. Well, not Trump in particular, but people who are selling Trump um, gear, right, on Shopify. Mm -hmm. But for Trump himself, he got kicked out because he was tweeting about recounting the votes. Nothing really to incite violence, per se, but his fans took what his tweets and decided to march Capitol Hill. And, um, you know, you already know what happened there. But from my... I'm not defending Trump forever he is, but I'm just defending the idea of what these platforms mean to people and what they've been standing for for years about how you have freedom of expression and freedom of thought. And then once something doesn't goes against the grain, which is doesn't even really say anything bad, what Trump said, like in particular, but he suffers the consequences of getting kicked off of the platform. So why does it matter to us as just regular, you know, civilians out here? It just showed me that the power these platforms have when if they get the pressure, if they get the foot on their neck, they're willing just to abandon everything that they believed in and they thought about from what makes their platform great and what they preach just to appease the masses. So when uh, when I talk about heavy policing, regulating social media, these are platforms where you can be free and be able to express yourself. But now you can see how when push comes to shove, this isn't as what you thought it was going to be. But things are also going to get tighter and privacy policy is going to change and et cetera. So that was my take for what do I see is going to happen. I think these platforms, people are going to be more careful and businesses at the same time, too, of what they do and what they say. And even as a Shopify business owner, like, Imagine you have a Trump store producing $10 million in revenue like a year and now it's gone. You know what I mean? But these are just t-shirts with somebody's name on it, Trump and et cetera. Like he's, he's the president and then your store just gets abandoned. So think about that from a business standpoint. Just don't even think about Trump. Like you're just selling merchandise that doesn't say like... I hate black people, I whatever, or this is just like make America, make America great again. And boom, gone. It, yeah. It's, it's not fair. Like I, I understand why guys like, trust me, I, I get it, but I'm just looking at it from, I'm arguing a point here. That is just think about how these the, the idea do. of being exactly. off your platform. And yeah. The idea of not having freedom of speech. I get it. I get what you're, I get what you're saying. Here's where I differ though. I differ here because, um, one, they're not, it's not public. They are received publicly, but they're privately owned companies. You know, if Twitter wants to shut down your platform tomorrow, they can do that. Same with any other platform. You know, um, I've gotten my Facebook hacks and I was like, yo, could I get back my content? And then they said, no, <laughs> you know, so. It's a privately owned company at the end of the day, so they have the ability to do what they want. You know, when it, when you're not the owner, you can do as you please. You know, what would have to happen in order for us to um, really be able to say we have freedom of speech is if the government owned a platform, which would be even worse because then they'd be policing everything. You get me? So mm-hmm. it's really like you have to take it take it with a grain of salt. Is that? Either we can have it, a privately owned company where it's predominantly freedom of speech, and then in situations like this where there is a president who went from pre- using the platform for 
updates to moving to a coup mm-hmm. and, you know, inciting violence, inciting terrorism upon the country, mm-hmm. then they have to have a counter-reaction to that. One, because uh, the effects that it could have on society. Two, because they can become liable for that. You know, they got to protect themselves. I, I bet you there, there could be a lawsuit that comes up, uh, comes upon Mark Zuckerberg saying that, hey, you are housing terrorism or, you know, terrorists under your platform willingly and not do anything about it. Yeah. You know, so that's a liability for any for any company. So mm-hmm. so it's like, uh, what can they really do? They got to kick him off, you know. Um, and for, for the Shopify example, it's literally like having the nazi symbol on your platform at one time it was a symbol for peace and now mm. it's not at all mm. you know um it's literally a symbol of of terrorism of of um anti-establishment um anti-government anti um like national beliefs right so it's it's literally like it, it, the the meaning of it's changed so so now like all right so should Shopify let me ask you something should Shopify be able should people be able to sell Nazi sign not Nazi merch on Shopify? Uh, obviously not, definitely not. They shouldn't be able to sell that. Um, but where, for the sake of this debate, like I'm I'm going on the other side, right? So mm-hmm. I feel like Trump. <laughs> pardon? Okay, I know, bro. Like yeah. uh, I'm gonna take a lot of heat for this, but for Trump's sake his messaging isn't hasn't become as potent as what like a nazi symbol is it's 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 an it's it's in its uh infancy where i mean 74 million people 74 75 million voted for him to become president but now we're saying his image like a drawing of a trump like a cartoon figure maybe on a mug is now seen as a symbol of hate right this is where this is where I'm going. Like it's not explicitly said this is hate. You know, it's just people saying Trump twenty twenty one, make America great again. Um, and his sayings and et cetera and blah 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 blah. Like nothing really provocatively and visually, this is hate. Mentally you know what it means, right? Like but like the Nazi symbol, like they said, Okay, yo, this this Nazi symbol, this is a status symbol for X, X and X. But for Trump side though, bro. Like you have to look at it like that. It hasn't it's switch Obama, and still the same thing exists. But there's nothing, no messaging that says hate speech at all, which is now like which kind of brings me to the fact like yo, they just kicked him out for selling that gear. Well, if let's let's bring it back to Nazi example. Like there, what what says hate? What's this hate with the Nazi symbol? Nothing really. It's just it's just. It's just you know, a four four lines, really. So, so what is what is the symbol for Trump though? Now, the make you can make a great again hat, the Trump twenty twenty um, symbol, the his merch, anything that has to do with it, really, anything to do with anything to do with Hitler would be a, a, a anti, you know, mm-hmm. uh, anti would be anti semitism. My grammar was off, but you got what yeah, I'm saying. yeah, yeah. It'll be. Anti-Semitic is that the way you say it? Anti-Semitic, Anti-Semitic. Thank yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Shout, shout out to my, to my to the all the Jew listeners if there's any Jew listeners in the mm-hmm. audience. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Shabbat Shalom, bro. Respectfully. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, bro. Um, so 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 yeah. Think, think about it like that. Like I think, but um, he Hitler was was a leader. He had a ton of votes. He had a ton of people that were educated and at the top of the oligarchs of society. Mm-hmm. He had those people, and the picture of him, you know, was probably perceived as just a regular leader. Mm-hmm. But now it's totally different. You know, now we can see in past tense, but we have the future on our side, yeah. right? But even in that moment, there was, he had a ton of the country on his side. Mm-hmm. And the messaging originally wasn't, wasn't no, let's, you know, commit this horror. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, these people are, are stealing us. These, you know, it was, it was uh, minute, mm-hmm. you know, microaggressions and the voices getting louder and louder and louder mm-hmm. and louder. So, you know, um, yeah, man, and that's that's the same type of sentiment if you think about it. Like, where do you see the difference? The, the difference I see um, is Hitler and Trump are the same, and are not the they're, they're the same type of people, same rhetoric, same sim- symbolism, and the stuff they've done. Even the way Trump was holding the Bible, like Hitler did the same thing too, upside, upside down. down and everything. He has the same, even the the messaging, the timing of certain words or speeches and et cetera, galvanizing the crowd is very Hitler-esque. Um, the one thing Trump has an advantage over Hitler is the spirit of the times that exist right now. So Hitler was more about, you know, we all, we all know what happened with, you know, the Jews and everything at the time. But for now, Trump, Trump has... Trump can't afford to have um, blood on his hands like the way Hitler did at the time, right? Like, there's nothing that you can put to Trump's name right now that says, hey, like, this guy is, he he killed all these people and et cetera. Like, no, Trump doesn't have that. What Trump has, though, is the, he, he complies with what has happened to certain groups of people, specifically black people, right with cops and he defends them he doesn't say yeah kill those people or whatever i mean he called the nfl guys they're like yeah like those sons of a bitches you know what they they did you calling Kaepernick, Kaepernick and etc right so you know 20 2016 to 2020 trump can't really go out there and have the type of massacre that hitler did but he can still have that he can still carry the same energy so even though he carries the same energy, he can never reach that point because we're, we're too advanced in society to allow that kind of division to happen. But he does want that division to happen. So Trump, Trump has the advantage where he can cause damage, but he can't really have the, um, the dirt on his hands because it's people doing this. And he's not really saying, go kill that person, go do whatever. It's, it's, clo- it's clothing certain words where people just act on his behalf. But Trump can be just like, hey, guys, like, I, like, I didn't mean to, for you guys to do that. Even even like with Capitol Hill, like, he's like, hey, guys, I didn't mean for you guys to do that. Like, I just said, let's go there. But they decided to take that next step and storm Capitol Hill, right? So he can, he can like, legit, I didn't look at my words, my tweets. I just said, hey, count the votes, do whatever. I didn't even say, go be racist or whatever and and all that jazz so that that, that's why trump is way more advanced than hitler in that sense and 
from a, if I was a lawyer, I'm, I'm like looking at this Trump situation like a lawyer from a business perspective, like for these Shopify owners who, and I don't, I don't say, I don't think it's right to sell Trump and et cetera, but I'm just looking at it from a, a merchandise and a merchant selling something on Shopify and they're flourishing and their business being taken away. The same way I was defending these small business owners during Corona and Walmart and Costco are open and I'm selling shoes, Walmart and Costco are getting all the business. Uh, it's not fair for those small business owners, right? So for them, they might be like us, very normal. They don't think what the Capitol Hill thing uh, they did is right. Like any other American who voted for Trump, not all of them are, uh, let's say, um, and this is going to sound so crazy. Like I'm not saying like, so someone like 50 Cent supports Trump, right? And like, a lot of black people do support Trump and they do sell their merch and et cetera. And then, unfortunately, right? And they're, and, and for example, that type of person is now, that business is gone. And there are just kind of normal people who are like, hey, you know, I like Trump, I like whatever. And this is where we get into that, that blurred line. With Hitler, these people were violent. They're like, yo, any Jew you see, you make sure you put them down, you know? Yeah. Well, the the switch happened once Capitol Hill happened. You know, once Trump became violent, everything stopped. Everything changed. That that's that's the caveat. That's the thing of hey, once you start doing being becoming violent, once you have that initial seed, like, well, what when when do you start stop? Like once when ten people get shot, like people actually died. Four people died. A police officer died. You get me? And that's from the inception of these clothing, the thought process, the um, the iceberg behind the tip is <laughs> behind the tip. Behind pause. the tip is <laughs> pause. Yeah, behind the, the iceberg behind the tip is from that rhetoric, mm -hmm. you know. So that has to go. Sorry, yeah, you know, it, it's a, he's a casualty. You know, yeah. what I'm saying you're a casualty of, of 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 you know intellectual war, but that's this that's just how it goes, you know. But uh, who else thinks going to be a casualty? This year, who do you think is not going to make it? Like Expedia didn't make it Expedia already. Didn't make it. Um, Expedia didn't make it. Airbnb still rocking out here. People are, are still going to Airbnbs and having those little parties mm. and stupidness. Uh, Airbnbs pivoting well. So, who do you think is gonna? You know, I don't. You know, I don't really. You know more about the businesses that are are coming back up, and you've been talking about Expedia. Honestly, I can't really answer that question. So, who do you think is okay. going to come back? Um, from the dead that was yeah. whoever's left for for affiliate for that affiliate marketing travel whoever's left is gonna dominate because in my prediction because once the vaccine is distributed amongst the population and everything gets back open i think people are gonna go crazy with travel it's like the travel industry is gonna like gonna have the biggest up. boom yeah yeah for sure for sure so i'm about to start investing in, in airplanes or in, um in air canada and you know, Delta, mm -hmm. and uh, hold it for for when people start traveling again. Because I think it's really gonna boom over the next uh, few years, without a it, doubt. It makes sense, without man. Like in, it, Air Canada is actually it, is one of those stocks that historically has performed well. Um, they have a lot of cash. They have government backing, right? So they can never go down under. Like the government of Canada will never let this um, airplane brand go down. So they have a lot of cash reserves. They let their whole employee force, they laid them off. So they lowered their expenses. 
it's just their stock is down just because they're not performing well from having flights. So as an investor, you're like, okay, this is this was a fifty. I think at the time, like uh, last year, February 2020, it was fifty six dollars a share, and now it's back to it's 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 I think eighteen dollars a share now. So think about that. Like these are the type of stocks you can just easily buy and stock up on, and it's a Canadian stock too. And in like two, three years, like this, this thing is coming back up because the airplane industry is not going to ever die at all. And if, if you're, if you have the share of the market in Canada, which is Air Canada, like it's a definitely, I I mean, I picked up like one, two shares. I made some little change on it, like $6 spread or something like that. Nothing really major to it, but you know, we'll see how it goes, man. But definitely, definitely Expedia, definitely airplane stocks and, and what they mean to us those will be resurrected as soon as the vaccine is up yeah yeah i'm not sure if expedia exactly will be the one but one of it one of them is gonna is gonna have to do well um speaking of stocks man elon musk is now the richest person on planet earth big ups Isn't that insane big ups. I, that's crazy i never you know i'll be honest with you i never saw him ever taking the number one spot from jeff uh bezos I never did. I never thought of. I never thought about. Honestly, I I think it's temporary because it's off stocks, mm-hmm. right? It's not off like the actual like revenue the company's making, is it? No. From what I understand, so I think it's off the perceived value, right? Mm-hmm. And that that can always change because right now the Tesla stock is super inflated. Mm-hmm. So um, once that comes down, then I guess he'll be back down as, as well, and um, also. Amazon is like one acquisition away, and man, I realized that Elon's such a genius, man. I forgot about PayPal. You remember, like, I forgot that he did PayPal. I was like, what the heck? Like, sometimes you need to remember that, like, this is the same guy, like, the same guy who created PayPal, creates Tesla, creates you know SpaceX. Like, it's 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 insane. It's insane. Bro, speaking of PayPal, like, Elon Musk was something. uh, He was part of a group called the PayPal Mafia. Did I ever tell? PayPal the PayPal Mafia. Mafia. Did I ever tell you about this? So, bro, no, the what's PayPal that? Mafia, the founders who founded PayPal, um, that was Reed Hoffman, Peter Thiel, Elon Musk, Chad Hurley at the time, Jeremy Stoppelman. So these founders, Reed, Reed Hoffman, PayPal Mafia, was these are the founders of PayPal, and these are the ventures they went on to create after PayPal. Come back from the mic a little bit. Come back from the mic. Yeah. So it's a little bit. Yeah. So Reed Hoffman, Jeremy Stolperman, Elon Musk, um, Jeremy Stolperman, and Chad Hurley. These guys were part of PayPal, and they left PayPal after they got acquired to go start on. Reed Hoffman went to start LinkedIn. Uh, Jeremy Stolperman went to start on Yelp. Uh, Chad Hurley started YouTube. Right. Um, e, pay, uh, Peter Thiel went on to uh, become one of the first investors in Facebook and he started Palantir which is like one of the world's uh, biggest I think research firms except, I believe correct me if I'm wrong um, then Elon of course went to start on Solar City, SpaceX yeah. um, Tesla and it, just think about that bro and then there's also a couple there's also another guy um he started this payment software which competes with Stripe called Affirm. Um, yeah. Max Lefkin or something like that. 
Get out of yeah, here. Yeah, take that in, man. PayPal Mafia. Like, the like these are all these services we use came from guys who um made PayPal. Made PayPal. That's so crazy. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, so th- this this is a- what the all these geniuses were just chilling out like oh, what's what's good? so what y'all doing? Man. That's that's like a testament to you know having like a, a small circle of and like having you know the people around you really you know be invested in one specific thing. I didn't know that. I'm I'm looking that up right now, PayPal Mafia. That's insane. PayPal Mafia is a group of former PayPal Hold up. PayPal employees and founders who have since founded and developed additional technology uh, techno, techno, eh, t- technology companies such as Tesla, LinkedIn, Palantir, tech, that's insane, mm-hmm. Slide, Kiva, YouTube, Yelp, and Yammer. That's insane. Wow. And there's a picture of all of them just chilling. That's crazy. Yeah. Like crazy, crazy... Um. Steve Chan. Is that Dorsey in that too? Dorsey, no, no, no. These guys were way. Dorsey's more of like a newbie, like millennial, like entrepreneur. He kind of, he kind of came up in oh six, oh seven with Twitter when uh, Steve Jobs unveiled the iPhone. Got you. Got you. That's nuts, though. And also, uh, Reddit came from the PayPal mafia. One of the engineers from uh, PayPal. Uh, yeah. He went. To- Can you imagine the group chats? Like, I, oh yo, imagine just, that just, Slack just channel, bro. Acquired some for a billion. Yeah. Like <laughs> that. That's nuts. Imagine just like having like a read-only Slack channel that you're invited to with these guys in the in the Slack and just seeing what they talk about. You know when they say you'll be a fly yeah. on the wall, like the 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 version of that now in this year is like you'll just be a Slack lurker. Exactly, I, I, man. I'd pay to be in that. That's a, that's a, something that's, to subscribe to right there, man. Just watching conversations of billionaires talk. What are they talking mm-hmm. about, bro? <laughs> exactly. What are they talking? Like, what's on their mind? Like, mm. what, what what drives them? Honestly, like that's the one thing that that inspires me too. People who get like uh, get back into the game after being acquired. Like, it feels for me. It feels like yo. Once I get acquired for a hundred million, like. I'm chilling. Your you know, your like, future set. Your kids' kids are set. Um, what what drives you? Like you have to be like ambitious as hell to continue on once you've made an obscene amount of money like that. Yeah, for sure. Kind of like the guest we just had on, man. Shout out to Brian Clayton. Brian Clayton. Also, um, uh, shout out to True Local. Uh, Mark Lafleur. 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 Yes, yeah, so yeah, man, he just got a car. Yeah, out. what's the story behind that, bro? Between Mark or Mark. Uh, what do you mean the story? Oh, just it? for the audience, um, you know. I don't know the the ins and outs of of Mark's acquisition. Oh, cool. you know, um, they got acquired by Emerge, right? Which is like, oh my fault. That's that's what you're saying. Yeah. All, right, all right, so how, what happened? Yeah. Yes, yes. Please, please go ahead. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. I thought you were saying like, hey, what's the inside details of that? I was like, oh, oh. He's like, I was in there like, you know, <laughs> gosh, I know the press release. Got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please educate the audience on what happened. Yeah. So yeah. Mark Lafleur, uh, co-founder, CEO of uh, True Local, which is a platform which connects um, butchers all across the country to be able to sell their meat into one marketplace platform. And people like us can go there and have a can purchase meat from local butchers 
in the country or farmers, farmers and etc. So we had Mark on the podcast about two months ago. And uh, we're talking about his business, um, how logistically it works and what the future of True Local is. And one of the things that we spoke about was is Snapchat a company that sold too early? Is Instagram a product that never sold? That never sold. sold. Yeah, that never sold. So, yeah, Evan Spiegel, founder and CEO of uh, Snapchat, Mark Zuckerberg approached him and he offered him, was it uh, how much? 30 billion? Three billion. Three billion. Three billion yeah. Uh, yeah, it started off with the one billion. I think we got up to three, three billion. billion. And Spiegel said no. Like, I don't want to sell the company for three billion. And we asked Mark, what are your thoughts on that? And he says, Hey, you know what? Whenever you have a deal on the table, you take it. Little did he know two months now out for now, he will have a deal on the table. And so they got acquired by Emerge. Emerge is a e commerce company here in Toronto, here in Canada, that powers a lot of the different websites and different marketplaces. Uh, they have a large portfolio of different brands under their website, but True Local is one of those assets they wanted to have to have under their meat, food, DTC brands that, that are up and coming. And they got acquired for 16.8 million, 16. million by Emerge. Part of it, you know, the details of the deal are stock, cash, different incentives for Mark to stay on, on the company, and et cetera. Um, Alex, you were very happy for Mark. But you also believe that he could have waited a little bit longer. You thought there was a bigger deal on the table for True Local, for a company such as True Local. Why do you think that? All right. That's a great question. Um, so firstly, shout out to Mark, man. I think that getting acquired, selling a business is absolutely incredible, man, especially as a black man yeah. in today's economy. Right. You know, so first things first out to that. What I think is that, you know, he is the number one company when it comes to uh, D2C meat delivery, right? So that, I think what he had the opportunity to do is to, you know, increase the brand. And um, he's already built a, a strong brand, but I think it could have been, had more market dominance if he had like like either a celebrity endorsement or, you know, um, a category killer where everybody knew who he was, um, Actually, I think there is there's a cap to it. People know about it, but it's not like HelloFresh yet. It's not like, um, you know, even something different like Groupon. You know, they're, they're still, it's, it's close to household name, but it's not exactly household mm-hmm. name. And I think if he had gotten to that point of having a household DTC company, that deal could have been much sweeter, mm-hmm. you know, um, and if you had someone like either like a Gary V or of course this is this, these people cost millions of dollars to market, but or even if he um, went to a celebrity and said, "Hey, I'll give you I give my company to you know advertise and be a part of the brand," he could have uh, created a stronger brand that would have rewarded a bigger deal with the acquisition. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's one of the things that that um, struck out I mean, that struck to me when with the deals. I, I feel like with being a market leader, you could have commanded a little bit more, but either way though, you know, he made something that 90% of us won't make, dream about. which isn't exactly. This is something we all dream about. Yeah, so it's even like um, Brian Clayton was saying, um, there's a certain group of people who the elite of the elite entrepreneurs, 
people dream about having acquisition for $16 million. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and he was comparing it. That's like making it, everybody wants to play pro basketball, pro whatever. But then you have the unicorns of the unicorns that, like, for example, Y Combinator, they've invested in like thousands of companies, but only 10 legit become unicorns. And then there's a second tier of entrepreneurs who start businesses who get acquired on the low. They're, they're great market leaders, but they don't become the Dropboxes, the Airbnbs, and et cetera. We mutually believe that True Local could have had that status once under a, yeah. a bigger merchant such as uh, Amazon um, to, yeah. to power their, you know, Amazon is, owns Whole Foods and et cetera. They're getting into that space. We believed True Local could have been there. You know, you also said, hey, this, this is a billion dollar acquisition. Uh, yeah. And it's waiting to happen. And I, I didn't believe that first, but then you, when you, when you spoke more about it, I was like, man, that makes sense, man. He definitely can. So first we're so happy for, for Mark to sell his company to, to 16.8 million. That's a lot of money, man. It's mm-hmm. 16 million isn't, uh, isn't whatever, isn't chump. Can, can you give you, th- we got to take a moment to shout out to him on Instagram, you know what I'm saying? Pulling out the red bottoms, oh popping the bottle. I was like, ah, I see you. Uh, Mark, I see you. Uh, so, Mark, do we have a deal? Mark's like, like, yes, we're ready to close. And his face, like, he's, ah. just, like, he's just like, yes, I just, I did that. I, I'm, I did I'm that. Doing that. <laughs> Facts. Facts. I was like, oh, oh that's, that, that's 2020 vibes right there, vibes, man. 2021 bro. vibes. You know, and the guy is like, you know, he started the company four, five years ago. That's the, in, in business years, that is like a blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. And that just shows you how great of an entrepreneur you are, man. That's a man, fact. That's a fact. You know. Yo, who do you see being acquired in the next year? I, I got one. I want me, should I go first? What we think yeah, about you, it? You always you always have a pulse on these uh, acquisitions and revivals coming up. I'm calling it right now. Founder is going to be acquired. Founder, founder.com. Founder. What, what is yeah. founder? For the people who don't know what founder is, what's founder? If you don't have, if you haven't checked out Founder, make sure you go check out Founder. They have a lot of value. Shout out Nathan Chan. Nathan Chan is one of the inspirations between me getting started in entrepreneurship. Actually, like I, he um, was one of like the first pieces of content that really started like getting my gears going mm-hmm. and you know getting um, the ball rolling with a lot of the marketing I was doing and getting clients in and doing sales and all that kind of stuff. So shout out to Nathan. Um, and yeah, man, he's built a monster business. You know, he has an eight-figure, probably going on nine-figure business. So it's incredible what he's done. He He's like in the lane of a magazine meets Masterclass with Founder Magazine um, and the courses he has as a back-end. So, you know, he's running a monster. He has over like two million followers on Instagram. He's killing almost every media platform right now. For entrepreneurship. You know, for entrepreneurship. You know, um, entrepreneur ain't seeing him. Mm-hmm. For Forbes is just seeing him. CNBC, like think about it. Forbes is, and CNBC has been in business for how long? Forbes has probably been in business for like five, five years maybe. Mm-hmm. Probably not even five years. And he he's been able to like dwarf them on social media, which is insane. So uh, I definitely think that he's he's a solid uh, contender to be acquired by a big media house because the uh, business model that he has is what I think a lot of people are going to start leaning towards because 
and the media platform is dead and he's getting money like in two ways he has a paid magazine mm-hmm. where people have a subscription to his magazine mm-hmm. and it's digital so it's not physical mm-hmm. and he has a course back in people are paying for the courses as well mm-hmm. which is beautiful you know so he gets uh He's eating exactly. He's eating for for off of these two products, right? So, um, yeah, I definitely think he has like a killer business and is only going to like go farther and farther and farther. So, um, I think if I'm entrepreneur looking at him, I'm like, yo, he's kind of catching up or cheddar, you know. So, I definitely think he he's gonna approach or getting or is gonna be approached in the next year um, to two years for acquisition, most definitely. Yeah. I can't think of a particular company that is going to get acquired, but what I do predict, and we touched upon it yesterday, is there's different waves of entrepreneurship that come and go. Like certain industries are hot. For example, we had the social media era where, hey, social media such as Facebook, venture capitalists and angels were looking for firms that were doing this type of thing. And then came the fintech wave, which happened around like 2014 to 2016. And you saw a lot of fintech companies. Then there was like the MarTech uh, side of things, which is still kind of going on right now. I think what we are going to witness, and there's a lot more companies starting out, is companies that are going to allow people to communicate via audio uh, and video the best way possible. So with the power of Zoom, Zoom has allowed companies to create sub niches categories in business, such as you know, what we're recording with right now, Riverside.fm. Um, so mm-hmm. audio is going to become like a major player in the next five years. That's my prediction. And the company that does that the best is going to be a great acquisition play for someone like Spotify, who's looking to beef up their podcasting uh, by them uh, getting Gimlet and, and all these other and, all these other quandary quandary and and et cetera. Yeah. So I think audio is going to be exploding in the next five years, especially with podcasting becoming such a major, major uh, tool to communicate and making it easier for people to make audio, especially with working from home and and distancing and distance learning. Um, It doesn't have to be podcasting. It could be like, how can we help? young kids communicate what type of tools can we create for them to learn better uh does it only have to be video no we can do audio how can we make audio short snippets of audio and etc and even the alexa app is going to become big too man like uh voice voice is going to be used a lot more to learn and teach imagine as we spoke about having an alexa channel for the podcast too these are some things that are going to start coming up so um yeah the podcasting audio space i think it's ripe for um someone to come and take a hold of it and have a major acquisition in that uh we, we talked about it on the last episode i seen netflix getting into podcasting mm-hmm. they already have one um i forget the actual name of it but it's the with one with scotty beam shout out to scotty beam mm-hmm. you know um and i see netflix i think it's an easy play for netflix to create content that's not TV or film, mm-hmm. but it is actually digital for podcasts. For instance, they did it with Andrew Schultz last year. I think that was like a beta run on how they can do it because he has a stu- his own studio. But I definitely think that there's going to be a lane, especially seeing the success of Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. 
of having podcasts on Netflix. And they're going to start acquiring um, or leasing content from big providers, the Joe Buttons of the world, the uh, um, the Joe Rogans, the Schultzes. Of course, Joe Rogan, not because he's just Spotify. But, um, you know, people of that elk are going to get Spotify, Spotify, Netflix deals and really uh, have like a different, like a pivot from not just film and TV, yeah. podcast i see that as a move in in 2021 2022 and it's easy to acquire them right if netflix comes up to you and says hey 40 million right now mm-hmm. become a netflix you're now a netflix entity yeah people are gonna be like all right bet let's go <laughs> so um i definitely see that as as a play moving forward Yo, you know what i'm thinking like imagine podcasting turns into like rapping like every podcaster is looking to get a deal <laughs> you know how I'm gonna come up. Like, mm-hmm. Yo, I'm looking to get a deal with Universal. I'm looking to get a deal with uh, Sony or they're getting signed. Yeah, they're getting signed. They're so like, pod- like as a podcast, are getting signed. Yeah, they are getting signed. I, and I think it's it's gonna be funny when the culture how music and hip hop has always been. As a rapper, you know you're battling in like these freestyle battles and etc. Hoping to get noticed. You're handing out your your demo tape, your CD. You're selling your trunks out the car. I think podcasting is going to take a is going to take the same form of that type of energy where we're looking to get signed. You're looking to get a a, a deal with uh, et cetera. And I think people like us, I think we're so primed for the explosion. I think podcasts have exploded, but I think we we haven't seen what's yet to come. And what I love about what we're doing is we're you know we're talking about business. We're we're making it cool. It's casual and. You know, I think we'll get a deal such as that, man. We're gonna get signed. Someone's gonna come and say, "Hey, partnership, partnership, a partnership." That's what I was getting that to it. You beat me to it, bro. So our our, our minds were aligned there. Like, hey, let's let's uh, rent out your catalog for X amount of years and et cetera, and this is what you get. So, yeah, man, it's it's just funny how podcasting is gonna t- take that. Um, and then you're gonna have I don't know what's gonna be the version of like um, SoundCloud rapper or SoundCloud podcaster. That's YouTube, <laughs> YouTube for sure. Your YouTube, podcast. yeah. And SoundCloud's still SoundCloud, though. You know, I was thinking about that. We should probably get on SoundCloud, man, because people are still on there. People are still there, eh? You know what I'm saying people are still, people are still out on SoundCloud for sure, man. For sure, man. I'm excited, man. Um, there's a lot of big things coming up. Mm. Um, you know, with media is doing some great things. We tomorrow, rats on that, bro. We got, Yes, man. Um, we have a workshop going on. If you haven't um, heard about it, um, you can feel, feel free to sign up. I'll have the link in the description. We're doing a workshop for Facebook ad, um, Facebook ads for e-commerce beginners. If you are a new um, Shopify owner, a drop shipper, and you're thinking about having e-commerce ads on Facebook, on Instagram, this workshop's for you. Please do not hit the boost button. Please have a, a strategy, an optimization strategy. Please have a creative strategy. Think about how you're going to be advertising. And this workshop's all about that. You know, um, we have big things coming on um, for for Hustlers Card, for Hustle Over Everything. I'm super excited. Um, so let's, let's, you know, let's go, man. I'm super excited for, for, for 2021, man. Yeah, we're about to explode up, man. And, and we're, we have a lot of things we're working on. People know about it, but I don't think we've really marketed, marketed that well. I think we've worked on positioning Hustle Over Everything as a flagship brand more than anything. 
but we're looking to market those. And, you know, in regards to your workshop, bro, I was telling you yesterday, your copy, copywriting skills on the Facebook post that you posted in the, the black community support group for Toronto, it got mm -hmm. so much traction, even for me, as like, I was, even if I did not know you and I read that, mm -hmm. I was like, damn, that is some, that is a great post because you touched upon the pains that all these owners face. They get a post, it gets a lot of likes and then the, the boost button is so, they're so tempted just to hit boost for five bucks or whatever. And it doesn't even do much for you mm -hmm. or what, what's another thing that commonly you see newbies getting into Facebook ads do? Um, I see them, you know, um, this launching ad, this big, oh, well, this is a post, it did it somewhere, well, boom, and this is do it and not have any call to action, the landing page be trash. Man, there's so much other things, man. It's a long story, bro, to be honest with you, to be honest with you. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. guys, we got to wrap it up real quick, you know. Um, this wraps up our podcast. Yeah, if you were listening to this, make sure you subscribe to us and follow us on Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, the hustle what you can't control. So control your grind and control your life. I'm Alex. And I'm Owen. And that's hustle over everything. Peace. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. The conversation continues on our Instagram at 247Hustler. We post very frequently. And be sure to check out our merch at hustleovereverything.co. We have some amazing sweaters, hats, mugs, and a lot more. Lastly, our Proud to Pay program is linked in the description below. Thank you so much for your support. Talk to you next Monday. Peace. <laughs>